Praise the Lord. Our God reigns. That our God reigns. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, did you come to receive tonight? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe it. Praise God. Well, God has something for you then. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to go again to our opening text out of Acts 3, please. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting revelation of it? Revelation of restoration? Let's try that again. Are you getting some revelation of restoration? Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's uh, read our key verses here. Verse 19 of chapter 3 says this, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing, amen, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. A lot of things come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Fullness of joy. Pleasures forevermore, the scripture says. Amen. Rest. You hang out with God, guess what? You actually can walk in some real rest. Amen. Amen. Praise God for your pillow, but uh, how many know the real rest comes from hanging out with Him? Amen. Amen. And it says in this verse, amen, that there's times of refreshing that come, so, uh, you know, that you can be rejuvenated, praise God. Amen. Every time you hang out with Him. And I believe that with all my heart. Amen. When you come out of the presence of God and you're more stressed out, you probably need to get back in there. Come on, somebody. Because when you hang out with Him, amen, it makes a big difference, praise God. And part of that is refreshing. Amen. The next verse, praise God, says this, and that He may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, amen, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. Everybody say times of restoration. Times of restoration. That's what we're in, praise God, in those times of restoration. Amen. Not only as a whole as far as the body of Christ is concerned, but we've had uh, confirmation multiple times throughout this year uh, that 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 is the word of the Lord for this church, for word of victory this year. is called a year of restoration, praise God. So again, let's look at a couple, uh, uh, or let me go ahead and just tell you a few synonyms, right? What does restoration mean? Well, the word restoration is also defined as restitution, the returning or the making good of something, to restore something, and a whole bunch of other re-words, right? Renew, redeem, replace, recover. Return, repair, revive, resurrect, recovery, all words, synonyms to this word restoration. And of course, just about every one of them words are words we find in the scriptures. Amen. So God is about restoration, praise God. Amen. So what we did last week, we talked about um, uh, being anointed uh, to restore, being anointed to carry, uh, carry restoration to to a world that needs it, praise God. Amen. And so with that, let's just do a couple uh, verses on that because I want to kind of take it, spin off that to what we have for you today. Um, so Luke 4, and we won't read the whole thing that we did last week. We'll just take a few verses here. Um, Luke 4 and verse, uh, verse 18. And uh, Jesus, of course, talking. This is when he's standing in front of the, uh, in front of the house of God there and, and reading out of the book of Isaiah. And actually, Isaiah 61 is what he was reading. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because He's anointed me. Everybody say anointed. anointed. Amen. The word anointing in itself uh, means uh, to pour over, to, to rub in, to smear on. Amen. Uh, you know, is what it means. He's been anointed. Amen. Uh, in fact, uh, real quick, maybe give me the, uh, the uh, Isaiah 10, 27 verse. Uh, it defines it by Scripture, what anointing is supposed to be doing. 
And it says here that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of what? The anointing oil. So what we've done, you know, over the years, uh, you know, we've heard the definition, and this is where we get it out of, or for the most part, uh, we get the definition of uh, anointing. Anointing is burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Amen? Everybody say, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Amen. So let's go back now to Mark or Luke 4 again. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Well, what has He anointed Him to do? Well, to preach the gospel, or the good news to, to the poor. Amen. In other words, you don't have to be poor no more. Praise God. Announcing good news. Praise God. And the word poor also means distressed or without. Praise God. So you don't have to be distressed anymore. You don't have to be without anymore because the one who provides is here. Praise God. Amen. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that word brokenhearted means those have been maybe crushed or uh, shattered. Uh, that means to be broken in pieces. So people that have been uh, maybe due to things that have gone on in their life uh, might be uh, feeling brokenhearted about something. Well, part of his mission, amen, is to come bring healing uh, to those that are brokenhearted. Also, to proclaim liberty to the captivity, or to captives, amen. So to, to proclaim freedom, amen, to the pr literally means prisoners of war. Amen. So those that are under warfare, amen, and you might be one of those people. You've, uh, you've experienced that more times than you can count about being, uh, uh, in a sense, captive or, or a prisoner of war because of so much warfare going on. Well, guess what? He's come to set captives free. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, that's good news, right? Yeah. And the recovery of sight to the blind, amen, and that uh, word blind there means physically and mentally. So it could be, uh, you know, maybe not seeing things clearly, uh, not having right understanding about stuff. So the recovery of sight, amen, the restoration of sight here. The liberty, or pardon me, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, literally means to be controlled by demonic influence, uh, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now these are things that he said he was anointed to do, praise God. And uh, let's put, the, um, put John 14, let's do that one, John 14. And Jesus said this, He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, uh, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So what Jesus was saying is saying, listen, the same things that I'm, I was sent to do is now what you're called to do, right? And in context, you know, again, He's talking about sending the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to help with this thing. Amen. So he's not letting you, you know, not asking you to do this in your own strength. Uh, he's asking, praise God, for you, though, to, to be a carrier, amen, of that same anointing, praise God, doing the same works, amen. The same thing he was called to do is the same thing you're called to do, amen. I said the same thing he's called to do, you're called to do, amen. amen. Now, you, you know, you have a different cross to bear, but when it comes time to bring in restoration, to helping folks, to, to making a difference on planet Earth, guess what? We have the same calling. Come on. So we're all called uh, and anointed. Amen. In fact, let's go to 1 John. These are just verses we read last week, so I'm kind of speeding through this a little bit. Uh, 1 John 2. Uh, let's go down to, uh, let's see, let's do the other verse. Um, let me find it here. 1 John 2, and I'm going to go to... Let's go down to 24 first. How about that? We'll come back up to verse 20. Verse 24 says, Therefore, let uh, that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. 
uh, goes on, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. These things I've written to you are written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. In other words, He's talking about those in the world that are trying to knock you off your face, steer you away from God. But it isn't just that. It's also steering you away from purpose. Are you hearing me? Okay, because he goes on to say this, but the anointing. So he's talking about the anointing. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, this is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. And what he's saying is that that same spirit thing, because that anointing, in fact, now put verse 20 on the board. Let's do that. But you have an anointing from where? From the Holy One, and you know all things. So what he's talking about is the Spirit of God, you know, that's where it's coming from. That anointing, that burden-removing, yoke-destroying powers come from the Spirit of God. And what he's trying to let it be known in context is, you know, you know by the Spirit what you're called to do. So don't let people come along and knock you off that. You're called to be a difference maker. You're designed to be light. You're designed to be uh, salt. You're designed to be, amen, one carrying and anointing that what? Removes burdens and destroys yokes of bondage. And so a lot of times the enemy tries to come in there and knock you off that somehow or another through guilt, shame, condemnation, or maybe just through uh, being deceived in purpose. Are you hearing me? And so... Uh, the enemy is trying to get us to stop doing what we're called to do. But you are a carrier of anointing, a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Now, uh, real quick, I want to do this. Um, Let's look at this. The word burden, okay? I thought I'd look that up today just to kind of, you know, I mean, we kind of have an idea. But the word burden uh, means an imposition. It refers to something like a heavy load or an obligation being forced on someone. It means oppression. So if you look that up, it means affliction, anguish, even as, and even refers to a humiliation. So maybe someone is, you know, dealing with, you know, a heavy load or oppression of some sort, or somebody is dealing with everything, anything from affliction to humiliation. Well, you're called through the anointing that abides in you to help remove that. Amen. And we're going to talk about the different things, uh, you know, ways and things that are, we're called to do concerning that. Um, but we are anointed, just like He was anointed. That anointing abides in us. Why? Because we got it from the Holy Ghost. It's a spirit thing. Come on, right? Okay, so we're called to remove the burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. So what does it mean by a yoke of bondage? Then? Well, the word yoke... Uh, means something that's being, being hitched together, you know, kind of like a yoke of oxen or something. Uh, but it means something that's been hitched together to captivity or slavery. Okay, so somehow or another, uh, they've been connected or hitched to captivity or slavery. It means to be strapped to or under subjection. So what you're called to do is not only remove burdens, but you're called to come in here and destroy those yokes of bondage that trying to keep people under subjection or in slavery of some form. Are you still with me? Now, we're not talking about, uh, you know, I mean, slavery. You start thinking of slavery, and then pretty soon you start going back to, you know, people being enslaved by other people. But we're talking about demonic influences that come to try to enslave God's people or enslave people in general. 
Are you hearing me? Now, of course, it can involve, you know, the other form of slavery, but we're, we're dealing primarily, it's demonic influences that try to come in and control people. And so it holds people under subjection. It holds people in a place of, of bondage. It keeps people under uh, some form of, of burden, heavy load or obligation, constantly uh, keeps us uh, pressured so we can't move forward in who we are. So here we are, a people, you and me, amen, we shouldn't be burdened. We shouldn't be yoked to the wrong things. Come on, right? Amen. The Word says His burden's light, His yoke's easy, right? But but far as demonic influences, we should already be free of that. We should be the ones now going everywhere and making sure everybody else is free. Are you still with me? And so really, to be honest, this is kind of what this whole... Uh, you know, this whole uh, year of, of restoration's really been about is, is getting us walking free in all that we can, amen, in all, of the, all areas of life. Why? So we can turn around and do, help others in the same situation. I mean, that's what it's about, uh, you know. And so uh, today ain't no different as far as what we're going to be talking about. And so um, put, um, put the Acts 26 verse. I think we closed with this verse. I kind of I felt like last week at the end, I just kind of sped through it and and uh, so uh, let's, let's kind of read this, because I think this is a good verse to spin off of for today's uh, uh, teaching. And Acts 26 and 18, and what this is, is this is where Paul was actually talking to King Agrippa. Uh, he's really given a testimony of how his life changed. And then really the instruction of the Lord to what he's called to do. And as far as I'm concerned, I think this is what we're all called to do. This is what we're called to do, and this is what we're about. If, if I could say, if somebody says, well, pastor, what, what, do, you, what do you think you're called to do? I, I'd probably read them this verse. Because this is kind of what, in my heart, what, what beats in me, and, uh, and that is to, to be a difference maker everywhere you go, right? To open the eyes, amen, of those that need them open, right? To help people, right? To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, amen, and from the power of Satan to God, Right? Pull them out of the grip of the enemy, amen, turning them toward God. Why? That they may receive forgiveness, because that's huge. You know, get released from their past, amen, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. And what? Receive the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Him. In other words, being free from your past and at the same time unfolding all that you're called to receive in moving forward in God. Amen. And so to me, this kind of sums up a lot of things. Amen. And so some of the things we're going to talk about today really is going to kind of define some of this. Amen. And that is to open the eyes of those, amen, who are walking in darkness, who are not seeing things clearly. Amen. Helping them turn them from darkness to light. Amen. Bringing them out of the grip of the enemy. Amen. And turning them toward God. Why? That they can receive forgiveness of sins. Right? They can receive, amen, a release from their past. Amen and receive the inheritance they're called to. Amen. And it's among those who are sanctified or set apart by faith in me. In other words, all those that have gone before us who have received what they received. Why? Because, hey, praise God, they believed and they received. And because they believed and received, they're now an example to you and me. That's why the patriarchs of faith, amen, it's so cool to go back and look in their lives because the things that they received, amen, we also can receive. Amen. And we don't have to be held under bondage. We don't have to be held burdened. We don't have to be yoked to, uh, to demonic influence that keeps us from this, from this right here. 
So if all of that stuff, if there's demonic things that are on you or on others, praise God, it's time to get it off. Amen. Why? Because I, I want this to work. I want this to flow. Can I say it that way maybe? All right. So with that said, man, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, you know, leading up here. But let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, please. Ephesians 5, and let's take a look at some of this. Are you with me today? Yeah. All right, Ephesians 5. All right. Praise God. Let's go to verse 8, please. 5, 8 of Ephesians. It says, For you were once darkness. You were once darkness. But now you're light. Amen. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And it says here, Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Or in other words, bring them into the light. Amen. Amen. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by what? By the light. Right? And whatever makes manifest is light. All right? So, that's, so the light's important. So he says here that we're children of light. We're supposed to walk in the light, praise God. And everywhere we go, we ought to manifest the light. So let's talk about the light for a bit. So let's go to John. Let's go to John chapter 1, please. John 1. Are you still with me? All right. Let's let this thing unfold here. John 1. Let's talk about light. Let's talk about what, what's it mean you know, the darkness and light, what does that mean? Okay. So if I'm called, you know, and you're called, you know, if we're anointed to be burn removers, yoke destroyers, and, and we're called to be light, I mean, that's part of it. So uh, part of that is taking, bringing people out of the dark. Well, what does that mean? And bringing them into the light, well, what does that mean? Right? I mean, we kind of, you know, you know, we kind of, you know, somewhat have an idea, but uh, let's define it a little bit. Okay, in the beginning, chapter John, verse 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, there we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who are we talking about? Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Now, in Him was life, okay, and that's the word zoe, zoe life, so absolute life or abundant life. In Him was life, and the life... There was that life that was in him, that Zoe life, was the light of men. All right? The light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In other words, it, it, the light can't stop, or pardon me, the dark can't stop the light, right? So the darkness did not comprehend it. In other words, it couldn't control it, it couldn't seize it, couldn't quench it. Amen. So the light shines in the darkness. Okay, so in him was, was life, and the life that was in him was the light of men. So what, what's in Jesus, right? Come on. Okay, let's go to another verse real quick. And I'll, amen. John 8. Let's look at something here. I'm just kind of let this thing uh, define itself, actually. And I'm just going to go to verse John 8 and 12. Uh, in context, he's talking to the woman that uh, she was being accused of being adulterous, right? And, uh, you know, that whole situation with, uh, you know, they all left and they were going to kill her and they all left and, of course, she's by herself and, Jesus, you know, released her from her past, praise God, and then told her to go and sin no more. But verse 12, he says this, uh, talking to those around, he says, I am the light of the world, okay, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, okay? I am the light of the world, he who follows me, amen, shall not walk in darkness, 
but have the light. In other words, the, the revealing, the light uh, of life. Okay, again, there's that word zoe. So now um, I'm going to kind of work, jump back and forth here. So go, uh, Mike, if you put chapter 1, verse 4, how about that? In him was life. Okay, so where's the life? In him. All right. Now that life that's in him becomes your light, right? So the more you hang out with him, the more the light shines. Come on, somebody. Now, according to John, uh, you know, now we get, you know, John 8, it says that he was the light. Now, you know, this is really just another way of saying it, right? He was anointed to go remove burdens, destroy yokes of bondage. Same works that I do shall you do. Okay, here's that anointing. That anointing comes from you. The same Holy Ghost sends you the anointing, puts it in you. It's in you. Why? To go remove burdens, destroy yokes. He's the light. Amen. He's the light. Well, you're connected with him. You're light. Amen. The more you want, you want more light to shine, hang out with him. Come on, somebody. It's that simple, all right? But why, 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 why the light? Well, we're called to remove dark because there's dark everywhere. You know, people want to talk about, oh, it's so dark out there. Well, it's supposed to be. Somebody says, well, that, that person, they're so dark. Well, do they know Jesus? No, well, they're probably going to be dark. So it's a good thing you're there because you're light. Why? Because the light resides on the inside of you. The same anointing, the same light, praise God, hallelujah, that was within him is the same one that's within you, praise God. And you go everywhere you go, praise God, you are children of light going somewhere to happen. Children of light, amen, walking in the light. And everywhere you go, amen, the word says that darkness can't even comprehend it. Darkness just starts running. You know, it don't take much light to light up a room, really. I mean, for enough of you to see something, you know. That's, you know, you know, I, uh, you know, got a, you know, you could walk out and, you know, in our kitchen at night, you know, I might get up, maybe we'll get a drink of water or something. And, and uh, you know, there's just, there's just a little light coming off of, of uh, the little clocks on the, on the stove and, and uh, you know, the oven or whatever, you know. And, and it's all just enough light, amen, it's all it takes, amen, and you can see your way around. Don't take much, amen. So somebody might say, well, I don't have a very bright light. Well, at least you're still shining, right? But the more you hang out with him, okay, put John 8, uh, 12 up there again. Let's look at this. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, he follows me. Okay, so let's maybe define that a little bit. So what does that mean? So the word follow, amen, just means uh, to, to be in the same way with, to accompany, amen. So just spending time walking with God. Remember, the patriarchs of faith, what made them great was the fact that they walked with God. They communed with God, fellowship. So that's the same way with you. So you commune with him. He's the light. You commune with Him, and it says when you do that, you shall not walk in darkness. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's define light and dark, right? We better do that. I said I was going to do that. Okay, so the word light, let's define light. The word light means radiant energy that makes sight possible. Photazo is the, is the, uh, um, is the Greek word where we get a word, you know, photograph or, or something, but um, it means to uh, radiant energy that makes sight possible. It means to reveal things or to make things manifest. It speaks of comprehension, revelation, and experience. So the more that you hang out with Him or follow Him, the more then, amen, that this light, amen, this revelation, 
Amen. This comprehension, this experience, the more things, the more things are made manifest, the more radiant energy uh, make, making sight possible begins to manifest, and you won't walk in darkness. Right? Okay, so what does darkness mean? Well, darkness means that which is, you know, makes sense. That which is antagonist, antagonistic to light. There we go. It means that which opposes light. But here we go. It means ignorance, moral depra- depravity. It means captive to habit, depression, gloom, death, curse, complacency, and compromise are all part of the definition. That's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, every one of them, we could put, do a sermon on every one of them, right? Ignorance, so not knowing something. So there's a lot of people out there that don't know, don't know the truth. So you come in, you come on the scene, and you're there to help bring truth, right? Shine light, right? So... So that ignorance can go. Right? Okay. Uh, moral depravity. So when you come on the scene, moral depravity might be out there. And sometimes we say, well, there's a lot of moral depravity there. Well, it's a good thing you're there then. Because part of you being there can drive out darkness. Now, I ain't telling you to go hang out with the dark. But I am telling you, praise God, that everywhere you go, amen, they should be able to tell your light. And if they're not, then you need to go back and... Well, it says, follow, <laughs> hang out with the light, commune with the light, fellowship with the light. Why? So that everywhere you go, praise God, everywhere you walk, amen, darkness can't comprehend it, darkness can't stop it, praise God, amen, because why? You have the light of life, amen. All right, so what else? Uh, captive to habit. You ever been around somebody that's been captive to habit? Well, praise the Lord. You're light, and you're there to drive out darkness. Depression. Gloom, despair, and death, all ugly words, right? But they're out there. All that stuff's out there. Come on. So it's a good thing that you're there because you're anointed to make a difference. Because you're light. Amen. And darkness has to go. Amen. I'm telling you, when you get this thing rolling, praise God, and you understand it, praise God, all you have to do is walk in a room. Walk in a room and... You know, the enemy gets all fidgety. Okay. Curse. I like, I like, you know, so I like to drive out the curse. I don't like the curse. You know, I've, I've done taking time and studied the curse, and, uh, you know, it's yuck. There ain't nothing about the curse that's good. It messes with your household, messes with your family, messes with your life, messes with your health, messes with your finance, messes with your business. It just messes up everything. And we're not supposed to walk in the curse. We're supposed to walk in the blessing. So, praise God. So, we want, we want to drive out the curse. So, part of it is, you know, hang out with the light. Amen. It makes stuff manifest. All of a sudden, the curse has to go. Come on. Uh, here we go. What else? Complacency and compromise. All you got to do is show up. It's amazing. Complacency and compromise. It don't like light. It don't like light, but praise God, the light comes on, praise God, and exposes complacency, it exposes uh, compromise, it exposes the curse, it exposes darkness, it exposes ignorance, it exposes depravity, it, is, it, it exposes captive to habit. Are you still with me? Because that's what it's supposed to do. It's not to go out and condemn anybody. It's not to bring condemnation or guilt or shame. But it is supposed to, 
you know, when the light comes in the, in the room, darkness has to go. Right? Look at your neighbor and say, you're the light. All right. Okay, uh, with that said, uh, go to Matthew. Let's go to this and then, uh, you know, Matthew chapter 5. I mean, you can't really talk about the light without at least reading these verses. All right, Matthew 5. And uh, I'm going to go to, uh, let's go to, we'll skip 13, Mike, and we'll come back to verse 13 here in a minute. Let's go to verse 14. You are the light of the world. Now, this is Jesus talking uh, to, uh, to the disciples there. They're actually to the multitude. There's, he's right now giving a sermon. He's on the mount. He's giving a sermon. And so he's talking to everybody there. And he says, You're the, you are the light of the world. You're the difference maker. You're the light. Amen. You're the one, uh, what was that definition? Uh, radiant energy to make sight possible. Is that right? Radiant energy. You are, you are radiant energy to make sight possible. You are, amen, one that reveals and makes manifest. You are, amen, a, a carrier of, of revelation and experience. You are the light of the world. And it goes on to say, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they, what? They put it on a lampstand. They put it up. Well, you don't hide the light. It's supposed to get out there. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, if you don't want to be, you know, if you're hiding the light, then I have to question, why are you hiding the light? I mean, so, so maybe it's, maybe it's uh, embarrassment or maybe, you're, uh, maybe you don't feel you're bright enough or maybe, uh, just, uh, maybe you're all about yourself. Maybe that's it. Now, don't raise your hand with these things. I'm just right. I mean, but it could be all kinds of reasons. But the point being is, uh, you know, your light's meant to shine. Amen. So if, if it's any of those things I mentioned, if, it ain't because, if it's because of anything, well, then go hang out a little bit more with Mr. Light. Amen. And pretty soon, what happens is everywhere you go, darkness can't comprehend it. Praise God, it has to flee. It has to leave. Amen. Uh, now, um, I guess with this, I could, I could always, you know, bring this out. Um, you know, you're a difference maker. You're the light. And, uh, uh, you know, your life, um, your walk in God, may I put it this way, is always a, a personal thing, isn't it? It's personal. Uh, Rick, your, life, your, your walk with God's personal. It's personal between you and Him, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a precious thing. Uh, the relationship that you have and, and that walk that you have in Him, it's a personal thing. But how many know that that walk is never private? It's personal, but it ain't private because everybody's watching. Somebody's watching. So you have to understand that's why you don't want to hide the light. You want the light to be out there. Amen. And remember, see, light um, drives back darkness. So that's not only for the people you, where you walk, that means if there's any dark in you, it has to go. Well, anyway, I'll just have you chew on that one. But sometimes, see, that's the thing, you know, sometimes we say, well, I, I have a hard time being out there because maybe you're, you're feeling in your own self that maybe I'm, you know, I'm not being such a bright light, whatever. Well, let's, let's get to be in the bright light. Amen. It's about purpose, man. I mean, that's, that's part of your purpose. <laughs> You're more fulfilled when you're walking in the will of God. Jesus said, that's what sustains me. That's my food. Amen. Is walking in the will of God. Amen. That's what, that's what lights my fire. That's what, that's what amen, that's what puts me, uh, amen, keeps me going, keeps me rolling down the road, praise God. 
And so if, if you're not, you know, if you feel like you can't put your light out there, then let's get it, let's get it to a place where you can put it out there. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at the next verse. Why? Verse 16, let your light so shine before men. Why? Well, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that light ultimately is about making a difference in the life of somebody else. And they ought to be able to look at your life and go, okay, now here, I'm not, I'm not going to preach this today to try to you know, bring out all your negatives. That's not what I'm doing. And if there's some negatives in your life, let's just get, get past them. Come on, somebody. Get over it. Come on, somebody. Let's get moving on. Praise God who we are. Why? Because there's going to be people watching. There's going to be people looking. Amen. And we want them to look at your life. Amen. And bring glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. But remember, it's, part of it's about removing burdens and destroying yokes of bondage. Amen. So you come on the scene. Why? Because you're going to drive out darkness. That's what we're called to do. Praise God. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, uh, let's look at some more here. Let's look at something different. Uh, no, actually, go back up to verse 13. We didn't do that, did we? Let's go back up to verse 13. I thought this would be good, too. Okay. You are salt. Okay. Now, remember, we're, uh, we're bringing, uh, we're bringing uh, light, you know, opening the eyes of people. Amen. Driving them out of darkness. Amen. Bringing them into the light. Amen. From the grip of the enemy, praise God, to, to, to the hand of God. And it says here, you are salt, okay, verse 13. You are salt. Of, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, which means it probably could, I guess, huh? So what he's referring to is that you lose your saltiness. Uh, you know, you lose your, it's really about seasoning, so you lose your seasoning. And then, and then he says, then how shall, it, how shall it be seasoned then when it starts losing it? But what he's dealing with is you lose your purpose. So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about the light. Same thing, just kind of saying it another way. But, you know, you, when you lose your purpose, you forget about what you're about. You forget about what you're called to do, amen, and what you have, uh, you know, within you to be a difference maker in the life of somebody else. All right? So you're salt, okay? But if it loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned then? And he says, then what happens is it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, that just means, you know, uh, when the salt loses its seasoning, it it's now becomes ground sterilizer. So the, the salt's been thrown out now in pathways just to sterilize the ground, and it says that uh, to be trampled underfoot by men. Well, you ain't called to be trampled underfoot by men. And you ain't called to be just some ground sterilizer. I mean, there's a lot of Christians, that's just what they, they're just living as ground sterilizers. Everywhere they go, they're just going to sterilize ground. Doesn't that give you a weird picture? It just gives me a weird picture. What are you doing? I'm just sterilizing ground. No, you're not called to sterilize. You're called to bring seasoning. You're called to bring flavoring. <laughs> I uh, uh, looked at this, and uh, one, of the, one of the words it uses is uh, for the area of, of uh, um, you know, bringing about the earth, but the salt is losing its flavor. It's, it's talking about, uh, talking about a, ma- a mundane, taking out, you're, you're, called, you're called to bring seasoning, amen, to drive out the mundane. You're not mundane. You shouldn't be. Look at your neighbor and say, you better not be. You know, you're not mundane. You're not common, right? Come on. I mean, you're not ordinary. It also refers to worldliness. So, so in other words, what the purpose of the salt comes in to bring flavoring, amen, to drive out the mundane, to drive out the com- to drive out worldly, 
thing, worldliness, if you, can, you know, if that's a word, I think it is. But anyway, to drive it out. So, so the best thing I could say is that um, not only are you light, you're seasoning. And some of you have different seasonings. That's the truth. I mean, we're not all the same. We're not all the same. Uh, so I'm not, you know, we're not standing up here saying that you all have to be identical. We're not saying that. Uh, you know, you bring light, you also bring seasoning. It, it should, you should be, when you step on the scene, it, it, you know, that worldly, mundane, common yuck just should just kind of disappear. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, when you start thinking about it, you know, that's part of your purpose. Hey, we're, we're here for a reason. Amen. And uh, some of you have a, a sense of humor that's, that's awesome, and some of you need to work on it. And, um, you know, some of you have, have uh, an ability to just kind of see things and, and, and able to help people where they're at. And, and, and some people, man, they just, you know, you come on the scene and you just kind of, just the way you are, you just, maybe just Mr. Cool, man, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, you just, there's just, everybody, I think, as a child of God, we all have something to bring to the table. We all have a, a seasoning to add to it, praise God. You know, I like, uh, I like, uh, uh, you know, southern food, and uh, I like, uh, you know, like stuff like New Orleans stuff, you know, and <laughs> stuff, man, just seasonings, and, and oh, they just, somehow people just, some, they just, man, know what to put on it, and they just season it right, and it's like, wow, you just, you just don't ever forget that dish. Why? Because it was just the way it was seasoned. Well, I think I thought we'd be, the way we come in on the scene, people all say, man... I like that person. Every time they come, it just, I just feel different. They just, they just change the atmosphere when I come on the scene. Well, it's because you're salt. But when you lose your purpose, well, now it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to get that. Amen. So let's, let's not lose our purpose. Amen. I mean, you're not, look at your neighbor and say, you're not ground sterilizer. I mean, isn't that true? Don't you see a lot of Christians sometimes? They're like, they're just there to try to make sure everybody just toes the line. And it's like they always got their, you know, nose in the air and everybody, you know, just, I don't know, just something, just like it just, it's like everywhere you go, you're just sterilizer. I don't know. It just, I don't know. You know, I think a sterile, I mean, like maybe bleach or something? Is bleach a sterilizer? Just a bucket of bleach. <laughs> bucket of round, what do you say, roundup? <laughs> yeah, just everywhere you go, you just kill everything. <laughs> Ain't nobody called to be that. Uh, and, then, and then just the thought of being trampled underfoot. It just, I mean, really that'll preach. I mean, if you really, you know, we could probably do a whole sermon on that. But we're not called to be that, amen? So we're called to bring flavor, seasoning. Amen. And, and I think, uh, you know, when you understand its purpose, understand that you have what it takes to do that, and understand that there is, that's part of purpose. Amen. You're anointed to remove burdens, destroy yokes. You're, you're light, you're salt, you're a difference maker everywhere you go, praise God. Amen. You're, you're here to bring change. You're here to, to help folks out, praise God. You're here to, amen, bring light on the scene. You're here to bring seasoning, praise God, into the mix, praise God. Are you still with me today? All right, let's look at another one here. Let's look at, uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 
Amen. Just got about, I don't know how many things here. We'll see how far we get. But um, just different things, different ways of saying it. Amen, I think. But all about what we're anointed to do. Amen. It's burn removers, yoke destroying uh, children of God. Amen. Amen. Different ways, just different ways of looking at it. Look at this. You are a chosen generation. Isn't that good? Look at your neighbor and say, you're chosen. Man, you're a chosen. That means elect. You're an elect. It even, even brings out, you're, you're God's favorite. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm God's favorite. Amen. Well, he can have a bunch of favorites. Amen. Hallelujah. So you are a chosen generation. It says you're a royal priesthood. You're royalty. Now, when you start finding out who you are here, this, this is really when you start getting, talking about identity. Here you go. Uh, you're a holy nation. Amen. Well, that's good, right? Living right, living like you should. And its own special people. Amen. Now, one translation, I think it's the old King James, says uh, you're a peculiar people. Right? It always kind of, I know it's a silly word to me, but I, I get it, you know. But you're peculiar. Amen. And, and usually there's more, some people are more peculiar than others. Amen. Right? But we are special. We are peculiar. Amen. And, but why? Why is that? Well, why, why do we have, you know, why are we chosen? You know, why are we the elect of God? Well, that you may proclaim the praises of Him. So you, it's, it's all about what, what you have, what's going on on the inside of you. It's all about what? About, about turning now and being, being a difference maker. That you may what? Proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Right? Okay. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. So at one time you weren't, but now you are. So what he's trying to do is to let you know that you have something to share here. Right? You at one time had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. Is, is mercy better than not, no mercy? I just thought, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, I mean, sometimes you got to think about it. I mean, is it good to be uh, the people of God or not the people of God? Is it good to be uh, under the mercy of God or not under the mercy of God? I mean, I just think it's a no-brainer. But, but sometimes I think maybe we ought to stop and ask ourselves, okay, uh, you know, hey, wait a minute. I'm, a, I'm, a people, I'm, I'm part of the family, praise God. I'm, a, I'm part of the family. I've been chosen, praise God. I'm royalty, amen. I'm part of a holy nation, a, a peculiar people, a special people, praise God. Amen. I'm part of the family of God, the people of God. I've received mercy, praise God. So I got a lot of yuck behind me, but praise God for the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God. Hallelujah. What he's trying to say is, well, you got something to say. Okay, verse, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. In other words, we're not, we're not here forever. We're, we're here for a season, right? Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. In other words, don't go back into that mess. Having your conduct, everybody say conduct. conduct. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Well, you mean the world? Yeah, well, Gentile means he without God. So it's talking about people outside the family of God. So your conduct has to be honorable, honorable among them. Well, why? Well, when, when they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, by your good works, which they observe... You notice he's always, somebody's always looking. Somebody's always watching. And he says, well, you know, that's why you conduct yourself in a, in a, in a, in a godly manner, right? Uh, that by your good works, which they observe, they will glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, one day, 
the opportunity is going to come for them to make Jesus Lord of their life. That's maybe the quickest way I could say that. And so when that happens, here's what this verse is saying to me. Okay, you can kind of, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you get something different. But what he's saying is this, don't be their excuse. When they want to say, well, you know, them Christians are all alike. Sometimes, you know, people in the world, they say those things. Oh, Christians been saying, a bunch of hypocrites. Well, we know that sometimes they're just throwing something out there, but sometimes they have a valid point. Just hopefully it ain't you, right? Look at your neighbors and mm-hmm, just, just mm-hmm, don't raise your hand, mm-hmm, right? We don't want that. See, what it's saying is that, See, we want to, we want to, uh, we, we've been, we've been chosen to be a difference maker, amen, not to be an excuse for somebody in the world to not, you know, come in and glorify God during their visitation. Come on, somebody. Instead, we're called to come in and remove the excuses by our conduct, how we act, amen, so that when the opportunity comes, amen, for them, amen, to open up and receive Christ, amen, at that moment they're going to give glory unto God and come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. So, again, uh, just another way when you start looking at, you know, what we're, we have purpose and calling, amen, anointed to do, we're light, we're salt, we're chosen, amen, we got purpose, praise God, amen, that everywhere we go, we're, we, should be, we should be a difference maker. Uh, we should bring good, amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Well, people say, well, the world's getting darker and darker. Well, of course it's getting darker out there. But the Word says the church should be getting brighter and brighter. So that's, we just got to be part of the brighter light. Amen. So when these opportunities come, we'll, we'll eliminate the excuses. We'll eliminate the, maybe I could even say the, uh, the barriers, the, the limitations, the different things that sometimes people always want to, you know, gripe about or whatever. Amen. Uh, you know, I found it no matter, you know, what you do, sometimes, uh, in fact, later on in, in uh, First Peter here, he even talks about, you know, uh, that uh, when people gripe and murmur and gripe about you, amen, uh, you know, let's make sure that it's for something you did good and not for something you did bad. So, in other words, let's, let's not give them a reason uh, to hate God. Let's give them a reason to, to want God. Amen. People ought to be able to look at your life and say, man, I want some of that. Amen. You know, you getting this? All right. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, with that said, uh, let's see. Put Colossians three, kind of just on the same same deal. Just some other little verses here that kind of uh, say the same things. Um, Colossians three. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're a restorer. You're a difference maker. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. I, you know, I just feel led to do this again. Uh, times of uh, restoration. Right. Okay. So re- here you are. You're called to bring restitution. The returning or making good of something to restore, renew, redeem, replace, recover, return, repair, revive, resurrect, recover. All that, these are all things that that's what God's doing has done in your life. And now you're turning with that same thing now and bringing that same thing to a world. Amen. Okay, so, all right, here we go. Uh, Colossians 3 and verse 12, please. Let's put that up there. Therefore, as the elect of God, same thing, that's you chosen, the elect, right? Hallelujah, the elect of God. Here we go, holy, holy and beloved, amen. Put on, uh, in other words, you got to kind of watch what you put on, right? You know, he's talking about putting on the new man, so here's part of it. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. That's a verse. 
right? Come on. Well, why? Well, because, you know, you're, you're a difference maker. And that's why it pays for you. You know, in the last verse, he said, brought it out clearly, you know, even in front of the Gentiles. We're not just talking about somebody in the church. We're talking about even the world. They ought to be able to see some of this, right? All right. And it, bearing with one another, verse 13, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Has anybody here got, been forgiven? Try that again. Anybody here been forgiven? Yes. Well, if you've been forgiven, why not turn around and do the same thing? I mean, we, I mean, we can go, you know, a lot of, we can talk a lot about just the power of forgiveness and the power of unforgiveness and how unforgiveness can mess up your day. Unforgiveness can mess up your prayer life. Unforgiveness can mess up you receiving in God. So, it, you know, it just, you know, it just pays to, to release people, forgive people, amen. Learn to bear with one another, helping one another. Don't get so caught up in everything. Be supportive. Come on, somebody. And it goes, you know, verse 14, I don't think I gave you verse 14, but verse 14 just goes on, put on love, right, which is the bond of perfection. Now, the bottom line I'm just saying is that when you start seeing your purpose and what you're called to do as far as being a difference maker, you know, being the light, being salt, praise God, uh, being anointed to carry, uh, carry that anointing, to remove burdens, destroy yokes of bondage, all of this, amen, everything you're doing, when you think about, you know, putting on kindness, being forgiving, all these things, uh, part of it is because of you, everywhere you go, you're driving out dark. You're not supposed to carry in dark. Right? I mean, you think about it, I mean, uh, you know, this is, you know, there's just reasons why, you know, you forgive, and it isn't worth it to be unforgiving. It isn't worth it to, 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 to carry ought and, and uh, you know, to be, you know, be, be down on everybody all the time. It just isn't worth it, praise God. I mean, think about this, you know, um, you know anybody ever been grumpy? Nope. I've been grumpy. I've had grumpy days. There's a few days I think it's a good thing I'm not down at the church right now. Because I'm kind of grumpy. My wife says Monday sometimes for me are grumpy days. I don't like that, but I guess, I don't know. But, you know, grumpiness, it just never helps anybody. Doesn't help you. Doesn't help the people you're around. What a concept, right? So let's go to the store on grumpy days. There, you're a light. <laughs> I better leave that one alone. Amen. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, that's why you put on the right things. So I guess that's an everyday thing. So you're not allowed to have grumpy Mondays. I'm not allowed to have them either. Even as a preacher, I can't have a, he doesn't say, Jerry, you're allowed to have a grumpy Monday. I'm not allowed to have grumpy Mondays, but every now and then I forget to put on the stuff I'm supposed to put on. Come on. And I've found that it never seems to really help anybody. It does, it's just like somehow or another it limits, this is kind of where I was getting with, 
it limits what God could do through you at that moment. Because God could do something maybe right now, but now because you're not putting on the right thing, amen, instead you put on grumpiness, um, you're going to go into a situation or scenario around folks and people and the Spirit of God maybe wanted to bring a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power on the scene here to drive back darkness, but you're now a carrier of it instead of, instead of light. Now, I didn't say all this to depress everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, <laughs> tell them you're the light now. <laughs> There's still light. Amen. Hallelujah. But maybe it, what it does, though, it kind of gives you an awareness. Amen. Have some awareness of what's going on here. All right, let's, let's move to another one here. Uh, let's get off that one. Um, Mike, I'm going to skip down one. I'm going to do that 2 Corinthians 5. Let's put that on. 2 Corinthians 5. Let's look at this now. Every one of these things, just different ways of looking at it. Amen. Because you are, hey, pray, you, you are anointed to uh, remove burdens and destroy yokes. You are light. You are salt. You are difference makers. You're chosen. You're called. Amen. You have purpose. Amen. And here it says, I love this text. Amen. Chapter 5, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anybody in Christ? Okay. So if you're in Christ, it says that that you're a new creation, right? We all know this verse, right? New creation. That word also means a new species of being, right? And why? Because old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now, that's good news, right? How many were grateful about that? That, that set me free. Amen. This, this set me free. You know, we're going to get down there to the bottom and, and find out that you're the righteous, righteousness of God. Why? I became in right standing with God based on what Christ did. What, what set me free was my past was no longer dictating to me. That's part of what set me free. I remember the day it happened in my life. I, I, I was working in a docks. I was driving forklift, and um, I was going in to get some product out of the, uh, the uh, road, or, you know, the, the uh, what do you call the road, whatever you call them anyway, uh, the racks, there you go, and uh, getting some product to go put it on the truck, and I was meditating on this thing that I'm the righteousness of God and about the fact that, man, I'm free in Jesus because of, you know, of what He's done for me. He paid a price for me. Man, I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. And just meditating on something that I had heard and, and uh, you know, a minister say. And, and so I'm going in, and it hit me when as I was going in the, the racks to grab that product. The man that went in there and the man that came out of that rack uh, was two different people. Because it, it's like it, it clicked. And I realized I was free from my past. I am not my history. I am not my past. I've been set free, amen, from all that stuff of yesteryear, amen, yester decade, amen. See, there's a lot of Christians still bound up. They're heaven bound. They're going to heaven. Uh, they've been made the righteousness of God. It's all available, but they won't walk in it because they're too busy still letting their past dictate. Some of you are still being held under, burdened, and yoked to your past. Man, get get past that. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, guess what? This happened for purpose. Here we go. Now, all things, in other words, those new things, amen, all things are of God. Those new things are of God who has uh reconciled us to himself, amen, 
made a way. Man, all that stuff, now you're, you've been restored. Amen. Reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. In other words, what Jesus did is what made a way. And he has, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Man, I just got saved. What are you talking about? All of a sudden, the next verse already, I got a mission. I've got purpose. Well, what am I called to do? Well, you're called. You've been given a ministry. I'm already in the ministry. You're in the ministry. Well, what am I in the ministry to do? To bring reconciliation. The same thing that happened to you, amen, you ought to be carrying it to the world. That is, what is it? That is that God was in Christ. He reconciled the world to himself and not imputing or holding against them their trespasses, amen, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. In other words, praise God, the same thing that happened to you, you ought to be going out and telling everybody else, hey, I got set free. My past, whoo, is gone. Hallelujah. Old things are gone. All the, all the new things, praise God. Hallelujah. I received in Christ. Amen. Look what God has done. I'm delivered. I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. Now then, because of this, oh, I'm even in government. I mean, all I did was make Jesus Lord of my life. And I'm already in the ministry, and now I'm even called. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm like part of government. I'm an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ. You're going places. Amen. Hallelujah. Carrying a word. Amen. We're ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Everybody say, through us. Through we us. implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, what's everywhere we go, that's what we're doing. Amen. Verse 21, better read it, because I said I was going to. For he made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin, to be made sin, to be sin for us. In other words, in other words pay the price. Amen. My sin has been covered. Come on, yours too. Why? Well, that we might become the righteousness of God. Brought into a right, right standing with God. So you and God right now, everything that Jesus did made a way. So you and God, amen, there's no barriers, no, nothing holding you back. Come on, somebody. Your past is gone. You don't have to be pulled under, you know, condemnation, shame, all that mess because of something yesterday, yesteryear, whatever. But not just so you can go around and, you know, be free for the sake of being free. I'm free with purpose. Everywhere I go, I'm walking as a minister of reconciliation, an ambassador everywhere I go. Praise God. Why? Because I'm going to see to it that they don't have to be held by their past. Some people have a hard time moving forward because of their past, right? Anybody ever been there? Come on. That past sometimes can dictate and control you. And, you know, it's like everywhere you go, you got that backpack of all the yuck and, and stuff that you've ever done and everything you've messed up or everything you've done wrong or whatever. And uh, every mistake you made, every sin you did. And the whole time God says, let's take that thing off. Amen. You don't need to hang on to that. Let's, you know, get rid of that thing. Now you're free. Now, take that and go tell the next guy he's free. Because you can do it. Because you're already called to the ministry. <laughs> you 
you're already, you're already an ambassador. And you think, well, man, I just, I just, I just got rid of my backpack. He, yep, you're, you're a candidate now. Go tell everybody how easy it is to get rid of a backpack. Think about, you know, I, you know this is one that uh, really becomes probably the, you know, we, when we minister into the prison, I think I brought this up, I don't know, last week or whatever it was, but uh, this, you know, finding out who you are in Christ and, 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 you know, that you're not held by your past any longer is probably one of the most freeing messages uh, for people that, that I have, a, uh, you, know, to, you know, the people mostly that I minister to in the course of a week. And uh, to me, it's, it says it all, you know. And uh, so... To me, um, this, is what we, this is part of what we do. It isn't all, but this is part of what we do. We go out there and we tell people, you're not held by your past. Jesus made a way for you. And, uh, you know, uh, that's part of the good news. That's part of the gospel message. Right? Amen. Amen. And think about the burdens that get uh, removed and the yokes of bondage that get destroyed when you tell people these things. It's freeing. I remember the day I was free. And it was freeing. I, I remember so much, what is it, 30-some years later, and I could tell it like it, it happened yesterday because it was so freeing. And I don't think I was the only one that had a dark past. Some of you were flat-out stinkers. And yet Jesus somehow... Somehow come on the scene and made you free. And you're like, now what do you do with that? Well, you go tell somebody else. Go help somebody else in that. Amen. And you can all sit and breathe together. Amen. I just, you know, it's just, it's just part of your purpose, amen? All right, let's look at another one. Let's go, uh, let's, let's go to Ephesians, back to Ephesians. I thought we'll, maybe we'll close it with this one here, Ephesians. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, I believe. <clears throat> and uh, I just think, again, I mean, we could probably, you know, all, probably come at you in a dozen different ways easy, but I just grabbed about a half a dozen here, and, and, um, but let's look at this one here. Um, uh, chapter 3, uh, you know, verse, we'll go ahead and read verse 1, maybe read through a few of this uh, real quick. It says, for, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of, of, of Christ Jesus, uh, uh, for you Gentiles. In other words, I've, I mean, in other words he said, I'm, I'm, I'm yoked to Jesus. What are you saying here? If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Okay, everybody say the grace of God. I mean, there's a, there's a purpose for grace, right? Yeah. Amen. How, how that uh, by revelation he made known to me the mystery, everybody say mystery, yeah. uh, as I have briefly uh, written already, by which uh, you, uh, when you read, you may understand uh, my knowledge, uh, pardon me, you understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, here we go, which in, in other ages was not made known, everybody say other ages. Other ages. About things, times past, people didn't know some of these things, but now there's things being known. The light's being shown, everything, what Jesus did, there's things happening, praise God, we're starting to see things, amen. And he says, uh, 
uh, verse 5 again, which in other ages was not made known uh, to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit uh, to His holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ through what? The gospel, good news, right, of which, here we go, of which, now here we go, he's talking about, you know, what he's called, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And to me, who am less uh, than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Talking about these hidden things, these mysteries. And to make all see, everybody say, make all see. Make all see what is the fellowship of the mysteries, see the secrets, the hidden things, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. Amen. Now they're hidden in God for you, not from you. But things are hidden. Come on, just, just grab that. All right. Who created all things through uh, Jesus Christ. All right. Now, uh, this just, you know, I just kind of, I kind of just squeezed her together a little bit, but it's about, about being graced, amen. So you've been graced, amen, and I, I put this to remove the veil. Now, um, in fact, put the, uh, is it uh, 1 Corinthians? Put 1 Corinthians up there real quick. Uh, Paul talking again, for I am the least of the apostles. He's kind of saying the same thing of, uh, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church because of early on, right? Come on, verse 10. But, we say but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than the all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. He's given glory to the grace of God. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. In other words, because of that grace, I'm taking that grace, I'm taking that empowerment, that divine influence upon the heart so that can be reflected in my life, praise God. Everywhere I go, I'm carrying it. Why? So I can make a difference in somebody else. Now, everything that we're talking about tonight is all about that. It's just, it doesn't matter how, how you, whichever angle you want to come at it, all of it was, all this happened to you. Why? So you could turn and carry it out and do the same thing. Okay, so put uh, 2 Corinthians, put that text up real quick. We'll just kind of speed read it. And this is a, talking in text here, uh, the comparison, Old Covenant, New Covenant, uh, days of Moses to days of Christ, kind of different thing. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil uh, remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Even, but even to this day when Moses is read, in other words, talking about Old Covenant, a veil lies on their heart. Okay, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, he's talking about really moving toward Christ, moving to all you have in the New Covenant, the veil is taken away, all right? Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, all right? Verse 18, but we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, there's a lot being said there, I get that, but the bottom line is this, all right? What Jesus did for you and all that Jesus did for you, He's trying to do for everybody. There's freedom and liberty in Christ. And back there, there was a veil. And everywhere you go, what you're called to do is help remove the veil. Amen. There's nothing wrong with the old covenant, but just let it be known. A lot of people are still stuck uh, in the past. They're still stuck back there. Everything, you know, by law, living by law, living by their own strength. And you're called to come in with the grace of God, praise God, hallelujah, that you've been set free with, amen, and you're called to carry a message, praise God, that sets them free. 
bringing forth revelation, bringing forth insight and help, praise God, pulling back the veil so people can see. Amen. It's just another thing. Just another thing that God is using in your life, amen, to change a world, to change the lives of those around you. Amen. Now, I know uh, because of my gifting and what I do, I'm, I, you know, I, I very rarely can... Somebody comes and asks me a question, they're probably going to get a sermon. My kids, you know, used to be when we sat down and I said, all right, I need to talk to you. Oh, please just beat me. <laughs> I was like, geez, because I... they know they're going to get a sermon. Okay, let me explain this to you. I already know, just beat me. <laughs> My point, there is a good point to this. My point is, you have something on the inside. Amen. You've been graced even. A divine influence upon your life. Amen. To somehow or another, turn that around and help bring insight and help to a dying world. Amen. You're the light. You're the salt. You're anointed. You're called. You're chosen. You're graced. I mean, all these things that have happened in your life are there for purpose. Amen. Not just so you can get fat and lazy. We turn and we carry it to a dying world. Amen. Remove the burdens and destroy the yokes of bondage. We can bring people into the light, take them out of the grip of the enemy. Amen. Turn them toward God. Amen. Come on, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. Bringing insight and understanding so they can walk free from their past. Amen. And move toward their future. Praise God. Receiving their full inheritance. Did you get something today? Give God praise. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. So thankful for your word. So thankful, Lord God, for these principles. So thankful, Lord God, that we can be the light. We can be salt. We can be difference makers. Praise God. And thank you for that purpose. Thank you for that calling. Thank you that we're chosen. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you did in our life and all that you're doing, Lord. But I thank you that we can turn. Hallelujah. And do the same for others. We can turn them towards you. We can bring them into the light. We can do our part, amen, to empower them, to help them walk free from burdens and yokes of bondage. Lord God, I just thank you and praise you, amen, for purpose. Hallelujah. As a Christian, we thank you and praise you for it. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.